Thank you for joining us at Luminous Church. And this morning, we hope that you see Jesus clearly. Why is it that people say one thing and do another? Why is it so common to make airy statements and promises to encourage one another with our words, but rarely follow through to see those words become alive in action? What would it take for us as a people to say what we mean and mean what we say? When words like love, devotion, and sympathy leave our lips Will they hold the weight that they were truly meant to carry? Could we become a people that have the right motive, that are true in our words, and that live out loud for all to see? Every hour see Jesus said. Acts chapter 3 is where we will be this morning. 
Now, shout out real quick to all those ladies who went to Freedom Weekend. <laughs> Super cool. So if you don't know, we have a discipleship track here at Luminous Church. So it starts with the one-to-one -one book, and then the purple book, and then the Born to Be Free book, then Freedom Weekend, and then you get in a life journal, and you learn to spend time with Jesus every day for a whole year. And it's awesome. Just to let you know, if you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, visit the purple table right after service. They'll tell you about a discipleship track, what it looks like, but man, they had an awesome Freedom Weekend. Eight ladies went through this. Uh, we had a couple people from North Carolina, Midland, Texas, uh, our Every Nation Church family to be a part of this, to really uh, just believe that God can set you free. Kenny, Kenny Church, are you, are, I mean, we don't just see these things, we believe these things, right? Do you believe them? I hope you do. If we're just giving it lip service, then let's just pack up and go home. Right? Let's not do that because it's real. It's awesome. God is good. He is amazing. Well, the other day, during a, during a series, we do topical series, and, and there's such a wave right now to do expository, um, line by line, verse by, by, verse by verse, and we love that too, but we do topical things because we know that every week there's an issue. Every week there's something happening, and, and we just need to focus on something, and one of those is love. Like, we need to learn to love out loud, right? Because it's not in my nature to love out loud. Did you know that? What about yours? Is it in your nature just to love your neighbor when they're cussing at you? Is it in your nature to turn the other cheek? Is it in your nature to do these things that God would have you do? No, it's not. But I've decided to love Jesus because I knew that it was in his nature to love me selflessly, in his nature to sacrificially give his life for me, and in his nature adopt me as a son. And because of his nature, my nature changes because I become a new creation and I look a lot like Jesus. And so because of that, because of that, I've started engaging people in a new way and it's something that I want my son to do. So the other day, we're running to our pursuit group. It's our community group right now for, for those who are dating, engaged, newly married. And so we're running there. I'm going to Chick-fil-A. I'm going to get a nugget truck. Got Benson in the back. Got my co-pilot. And we're having a good time. And, and we pull up to a stoplight. And I see a man out there with one of those cardboard signs. You know, I'll work for food, hungry, anything would help. Please help. Right? Have you seen those? Those are real familiar to all of us. And typically what I do is I try not to make eye contact, right? That's what you do. You pull up, you're like, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't look at me. Okay, green, go. Right? Any, anybody else like that? Just me. Just me. I'm the only one who's like that. So, so that's what I do. But I decided, man, I want to deposit truth in my son. I want to deposit in him just a spirit of generosity. So I'll never forget, my dad would take us to the soup kitchen, and we would go hand out meals and serve meals, even from a young age, five, six years old. We'd go there, we'd stack canned goods, we'd, we'd give to people. And we didn't fully understand it, but what happened is there was something given to me, a deposit in me of generosity to give whatever I had. And so I want that in my son. And so I, I look into the... I look into the the side panel, what is that, a console. I look in the console, I look through there, there's a bunch of gas money that we keep in there, so if you're gonna rob our car, please do it on the 1st and 15th, because that's when we get paid, and that's when the cash goes in there. But by the 14th and, and you know the 30th, there's no money left, except for a couple dollars, and every once in a while I'll rob from it to go get me you know, a candy bar or something like that. So, what I did is I reached in there and I pulled out a dollar. I said, hey, Benson, I want you to hold this dollar, 
And when, when that man comes, I want you to give him this dollar. So he's holding it, and I roll down the window, and it's kind of windy, and I'm like, oh, man, that dollar's going to blow. And this man's going to be chasing it down the interstate. It's not going to be good. Hold it real tight, buddy, real tight. And then when he comes, give it to him. So he came up. Benson gave him that dollar. The man said, thank you so much. And I looked at Benson. We kind of have that look, you know, like that bro look, like, we're awesome. You know, you ever have one of those looks? So that's what we did. And, and I realized, man, that it's good to give. And if we weren't in this series, I would not be giving that dollar away. Right? Like, if, if we are in Loving Out Loud and I didn't have to go talk to Luminous Church about loving people, I would have probably kept that dollar. I would have probably been focused on the nugget tray. I wouldn't have even thought about that man right there. And, and that's oftentimes what we do. And so I hope. My desire is that in a series like this, it would spur us for growth. It would spur us to take action and do something with it, right? Isn't that why we are here this morning? And so when you go to your connect group, your community group this week, when you're in your discipleship meeting and you're looking at each other one-on-one and they ask the question, how have you seen Jesus clearly this week? Then you would begin to say, well, I saw Jesus by giving a dollar away to this man on the side of the road and and it was awesome, and Jesus just came through, and my son lit up when he gave it, and it was awesome. I saw, we saw Jesus clearly by being his hands and feet this week. But, but, but if you're not in a series, or you're not in a community group, or you're not connected, what you do is, you just aren't Jesus, oftentimes. And, and yet, when you go to your community group, you're stopping like an hour before community group, you're like, okay, what can I do? I gotta do something, because they're gonna ask me, how did I see Jesus clearly this week? And if I didn't see him, I haven't seen him, so what do I need to do? Well, maybe I'll play a worship song, or something like that, or maybe I'll pray, or maybe I'll go in that convenience store, or maybe I'll give a dollar out my window, and it spurs you to growth, right? Because when we live life together, we are spurred to activity, aren't we, church? And, and not just... Not just activity, but productivity towards the kingdom of God and advance on his kingdom. And it's why we gathered here this morning. And although we're in this new theater where you can't see each other except to your left and right. And it feels like super, you're like you're all alone in your chair. You're, you're here when we stand up and worship. There's like one voice, one sound, one accord coming out. And you're like, man, I want to give myself away. I want to give my life away because we're all singing it. And it's doing something inside of me. And the Holy Spirit starts to work in your life. And you're like... I want to do this. I want to be about this. I want to advance his kingdom. So that's why we're here. Two people that I want to talk to this morning briefly is one, maybe you came in here with your head low. Maybe you're looking down and maybe not really focused on anything. Maybe you feel a little depressed, a little beat up. Came in here with some anxiety, some trouble, some hardship. And you find yourself with your head low. And then there's the second person who may came in here and they expected to come into the house of worship hoping to receive something, but I'm hoping that you'll be spurred to give something rather than receive. Acts 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John were going up to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a man, of, a man lame from birth was being carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple that is called the beautiful gate to ask alms of those entering the temple. Verse 3, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, he asked to receive alms. And Peter directed his gaze at him, as did John, and said, Look at us. And he fixed his attention on them, expecting to receive something from them. But Peter said, I have no silver, I have no gold, but what I do have, I give to you. 
In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and raised him up. And immediately his feet, ankles were made strong. And leaping up, he stood and began to walk and entered the temple with him. Walking and leaping and praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God and recognized him as the one who sat at the beautiful gate of the temple. Asking for alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Peter and John, I love this because they were in an attitude and they were in preparation, ready to give. They were ready to give. They were going to the temple, they were going to pray, and as they were going to the temple and pray, I believe that Peter and John were more ready to give at the temple, more ready to give to God their prayers and, and all that God had done in their life and, and just the miracles of the Holy Spirit that just entered in in Acts chapter 2. They, they were ready to give. They're ready to give, and as they walked to the temple, they got stopped a little short of the sanctuary. They got stopped a little short of the worship service. And what I think about this is that oftentimes our expectations can get in the way of our destination, can it, church? Meaning this, that, that you may be expecting to go somewhere. God may be wanting to carry you somewhere, but, but he actually has a different destination from what you had originally in mind. And when we decide that we can be divinely interrupted, then we can be used by God. When we decide that it's okay, my expectations can get shattered in this moment, and God will still use me. And so maybe their expectation was a little bit different, but it did keep them from the true destination. And then we see these two, that they're together. And when two are together, they're on mission. They're on mission. Don't we see that in Mark? As Jesus sent them out, he sent them out two by two on mission. And here we have Peter and John together. So they knew if we're together, we're on mission. God's going to use us today. He's going to do something great in our life today. A lot of us just need somebody to get on mission with. Right? Isn't that true? You've been trying to do this all alone, this Christian walk. You're trying to read your Bible. You're trying to learn how to pray. It's not working. It's not going how you want it to. You get distracted by Netflix, Hulu, all this other stuff is coming into your life. And you're like, man, I just need some help. <coughs> Any of us just need some help? So what you do is you call, you call your bro, yo bro, I need some help. Need some help, bro. I, I can't read right now. You know that Netflix, that new series, you know, is coming on and I just can't do it. It's like I'm on my way over. We're going to break through. We're going to break through and we're going to do something. That's what happens when you're on mission. When two are together, you find it missionful. You find it purposeful. It's why eight ladies went to Freedom Weekend this weekend because, because two synced up at a Starbucks, at a coffee shop, at a restaurant, and they started diving into the Word of God, and those two saw freedom in their own lives, and I believe that the freedom in their life is also for other people. Amen. So God's going to do great things as He does this. So Peter and John are on mission together, and they, they find Him, and this man in verse 3 says, He saw them, and He began to ask alms of them. He saw them, but in verse 4 He said, Look at me. Well, if he saw them, why is Peter and John saying, look at me if he saw them? Right? How many of us have ever seen Jesus, but we haven't really seen him? Yeah. Whoa, man, that's weird. I don't know even what's, what you're talking about. So what Jesus said this, he who has eyes, let him see. He who has ears, let them hear as he's talking to the people. Because sometimes we only see a shadow. We only see an outline. We only see a little bit, but we don't actually see the real thing. And sometimes we have to open our eyes in order to see what's in front of us. 
Isn't that true, church? Have you found that to be true in your life? I was on the college campus helping in Austin Fontenot, our campus minister out, and Elisa. And they're so awesome, doing a great job. But we're up there, and I just love getting on the college campus just to share my faith, you know? Because I, I just love sharing the gospel. And so I grabbed a God test, and there was a guy sitting next to our booth. I went up to him, and I said, hey, man, you mind if I do this test, a survey with you? It's 10 questions about God. Just see what you think. Sure. Begin to ask him about God. Do you believe in God? It's question one. He goes, yes. And then we started listing out all the other questions. And what I think is this, is his perspective, what he believed about God wasn't the God that I see. He's seeing a different Jesus. He saw a Jesus where you had to clean yourself up before you'd come to him. He saw a Jesus where you had to do just the right thing in order to be accepted by him. He saw a Jesus that doesn't look like my Jesus. He saw a Jesus that, that doesn't look like the Jesus where, where you can belong even before you believe because he's patient, he's gentle, he's a loving father. He, he'll meet you exactly where you are. You don't have to clean yourself up to go to him. How many of you are thankful for that? And Jesus is going to come to you right where you are, and I trust him that he'll do that today, even if there's somebody in here who doesn't know that Jesus. See, my Jesus isn't Religion, my Jesus, is relationship. And a relational God who loves us, loves to talk to us, loves to embrace us, and will hug us even more messed up. That's my Jesus. I love him so much, and I begin to tell this guy about Jesus. I grab a one-on-one -on -one book. Hey, let me buy you lunch. We went to go get tacos. That's what he wanted that day. We went through chapter one of the one one book, and I started sharing the gospel. This is my Jesus. Grace, unearned, un undeserving, that was given to you, that, that you couldn't even earn it, because if you did earn it, you would boast and be arrogant, and you would sin more, right? And so, so I began to tell him about this Jesus, and his eyes began to open, and I, I said, hey, let's do this for the next five weeks, you and me, tacos and one one book. Let's go. That's, that's what we begin to see because that's what they were seeing. And Peter and John were saying, look at me. Look at me because I have something to give you. And the question and the thing is, is you have to give what you got. Have you ever tried to give something you don't have? Right? Like I've done that a lot. And a big example of I still wrestle with it sometimes, like the dollar for my gas to, you know, the man. Like, that's not my dollar, that's the car's dollar. And yeah, I give it to him. And so, so you know, I still wrestle with it. I, I didn't have a lot of silver and gold in college, but what I had a lot of was plastic. Anybody have plastic in here? Yes, you don't have to confess. I had a lot of plastic, and I used to just swipe lattes for people. Like, oh, you need a latte, bro? Here you go. And as I'm doing that, my, my, my debt-to-income ratio is going up. <laughs> And it's going up and up and up. And, and then I found out my credit's going down and down and down. And so, so I'm, I'm in like huge debt because I'm trying to give something I don't have. And, and God's not telling you to do that. He's saying just be authentic. Be real. Be real. And when you meet that person for the one-on-one -on -one book and you meet that coworker, and you meet maybe your brother or sister and you meet them, just say, I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot to give you, but what I do have you will change your life forever. What we do have is undeserving grace. What we do have is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we can give that. We can pray and give and do all that. 
man, what's amazing? You probably have a lot more than you realize. In our plug-in class next week, for all those who haven't been yet and who are going to attend during second service, that you're going to do this little exercise and it's going to be what resources do you have? Because we, we exist to release our resources, everything that God has given us to reach the campus and community and the world with the light of Jesus Christ. That's why we exist as a church. And, and so you'll sit there and you'll brainstorm, man, I don't know what I have. But you'll start a list. And you'll start making a list. And it'll get longer and longer and longer. And you'll look at it and you'll be like, man, I have gifts, I have talents. I have treasure, I have time, I have all these things. There's so many things that I have, a plethora of things that I have that I can give away. You'll be surprised what you actually have that you can give. Us as a church have wanted to model generosity and giving and, you know, it's one thing to challenge you individually for the mission, but I have to challenge us corporately for the mission if we're going to reach the city. So what we have to do is we have to begin to look at this. And, and as we did, I decided that we would do an outreach at the end of October. So around Halloween, it's perfect timing. And, and we're going to do this outreach and we're going to do a trunk or treat and we're going to open our trunks and fill it with candy and decorate our trunks and, and dress up and invite whoever wants to come and participate. We're going to love them and we're going to rent jumpers and all this fun stuff. But our budget is limited to you. So I, I, I borrowed this idea from a pastor friend at North Hills. He's, he's just down the road. He's awesome. And their church is amazing, doing great things. And they, they did this campaign, and I thought it was brilliant. And they did a one-for-one one campaign. One-for-one. One. So for every person that came to Luminous Church, they would give a dollar to their outreach. So that's what we're going to do. Every person that comes, we're going to give a dollar to our outreach at the end of October. So last week we had 161 people, and yes, we count babies in the womb. And, and so 161 people, and we're going to give $161 to that outreach. Because it started last week. And it'll start today. Whatever, whatever, whoever comes, your $1. And if you want more than $1, you need to bring a friend so you can have two. And I believe that people will be reached through this on Sunday morning. I hope that God engaged them here but I also hope that it, it, it begins to stockpile so we have a lot of dollars to give to people at the end of the month to love them and love out loud. Last year, you came through big time. You gave away $2,000 to Syrian refugees and what God was doing during our Love Out Loud campaign. I believe this year that we will exceed that and God's going to do incredible things. Church, will you join me in that? All right. Church, will you join me in that? Yes, thank you so much. It's going to be awesome. We have to give the gospel. Jesus came and he didn't come giving them the promise of the kingdom as they thought it would be. When Jesus came and he walked earth, everybody was following him because, because you see, the Jews were suppressed people by the Romans. And, and they thought that Jesus was going to cause this revolution. And, and that we're going to rise up and we're take our land back and it's going to be awesome. And Jesus didn't do that. Jesus came and he, he didn't have silver, he didn't have gold, and he didn't operate in an earthly authority. He operated in a heavenly authority. And as a result, he said this in Mark. 10.8, and I've come to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. You receive without paying, give without pay. Go and do likewise. 
Do this. Give. A God encounter. Those with their head low this morning. A God encounter will change your life forever. Amen. It'll wake you up. When Jesus shows up and you realize, there's something going on in my heart, in my mind, Jesus flooded me. He's saying, look at me. And it'll change your life forever. But when you have a God encounter, I think we have a responsibility to steward that encounter. To steward that encounter. And so I want to give you three ways to steward that encounter. When Jesus shows up and he reveals himself to you, the first thing that we have to do is give. Just like this man who was touched. He said, look at me. What did he do? The first thing he did was... Get up. Let's try it again. First thing he did was... Get up. Get up. The next thing he did, he would, he followed them. He followed them into the temple. He began to say, yo, you're my people now. You're my people. I'm getting up and I'm going to walk with you. So when Jesus comes to you, you got to get up. you got to start walking with your people. And the third thing he does is he praises. Can you give a shout to God right now? Great. That's awesome. It's awesome because right when God touches your life, you start praising him. So you got to get up. You got to walk with people and you got to start praising God. If you want to steward the gift that God has given you, fan into flame the gifts that he's given you and this gift of salvation, which I believe you're saved, but if you want to rock this world, if you want to rock your marriage, if you want to be the dad that you've always dreamed of being, the husband that you always dreamed of being, the man, the woman that you've always dreamed of being, you got to get up, you got to walk with your people, you got to start praising God. Look what this man did. As David comes, he closes out this morning. The enemy will try to rob you over and over and over again from following God. He's going he's to touch you. God's going to touch you. And, and you're going to know that you're healed. You're going to know that you're absolutely, utterly healed. You're going to know that. But the enemy will say, I don't want you to get up. Say, you're not really healed. You're not really touched. You didn't really see that, did you? He begins to do that. The enemy also, as, as you touch, he would say, don't go with them. Stay where you are. Hey, you're healed. Go, go, go home. Like, you know, go, go tell, you know, your mom and dad about it, which is good. There's nothing wrong with that. But what Jesus is saying is this, is, is he who loves me will leave his family and follow me. You're going to have to follow sometimes against what seems to be naturally right. You're going to have to follow a supernatural calling and peace of God. Don't say, yo, you need to go with him. You need to go with her. And you got to praise. Oh, man. If Jesus really heals, if he really does this, if he really makes an old life become new, whoa, whoa, why not get up? Why not shout? Why not praise? God, you're good. You're so good. You would stand with me this morning. 
At the end of the day, they didn't have anything to give away, really. So what they gave away was themselves. And God the Father didn't say, hey, you know, the, the real answer to your problem right now is more money. Because God knows an inheritance quickly gained is quickly lost, as we discussed two weeks ago. So God said, I'm going to send my son Jesus. Because you see, I have, I have sons and daughters who are distant from me, who have been separated from me, and I need to send Jesus. I don't, need, I don't need to send a letter. I don't need to send money. I don't need to send any of that. I need to send my son. Because I'm not calling them for temporary living. I'm not calling them from a temporary situation. I'm calling them for life. So I'm going to get my son to give his. And that's what he did 2,000 years ago. So that you and I could be adopted as sons and daughters Romans 10 9, for those who confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus is Lord, is the Lord. So here in the song, if you want to confess Jesus is Lord, then do so. Do so. Just say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. During the song, you're like, man, I, I really missed the destination because my expectations were all wet. Interrupted me. Do that this week. If you need prayer for anything, we have a couple of ladies here from North Carolina and Midland from our Every Nation family who are participating in this Freedom Weekend and, and they're filled up. If anything, just go get prayer from them to make them feel good. <laughs> come get prayer during the song. I'll come up and dismiss us in just a couple of minutes. Father, we love you. Lord Jesus, I just pray that we'd open our heart to you right now during this moment that we, it would be our declaration that we give ourselves away. Come get prayer if you need prayer during this song. Self away, so you. 
to this week's message. To find out more about service times, giving, and community groups that meet throughout the week, please visit us online at luminouschurch.org.